I think that is the crucial thing is just that unwavering belief with the combination of being, being willing to work hard. I was willing to ask anybody to do a trunk show because I genuinely thought this is the best deal ever. Like this is the best jewelry. You get it for free. Like I genuinely believe that I was offering people like, I was like, I'm not asking anybody for money. I'm giving things away. Welcome to You're Not the Boss of Me. If you are determined to break glass ceilings and build it your way, this show is for you. I'm your host, Beth Graves, and I am obsessed with helping you to not just dream it, but make the plan, connect the dots, and create what you crave. Are you ready? Let's get started. Hey, hey, friends. I am so excited because I have one of my favorite humans on today and there's so much that I want Grace to share with you, but I'm going to start with my own intro. Then I'm going to have her do the official intro. So most of you don't know this, a little thing that I started in the direct selling industry and my first big, bold move. And I, and it's so, so we're going to get into Grace who has, is, has a, is a stylist and helps women to feel confident in their own clothes and skin. And she also was is at like a high, high level with Stella and Dot. And we're going to talk, and she was on Undercover Boss. She is, and she's about like 30. (laughs) She did all this before like the clock even turned 30. But I want to explain something as we go in, and this is going to be like, not, I was going to structure it, but I, I have so much. I want you to learn from Grace because I have learned so much from Grace. I started with the company Stella and Dot because I scrolled upon a Facebook post. And my friend posted that she had just made money selling jewelry, drinking wine. And I loved the Petra bracelet. Do you remember that bracelet? Oh yeah, absolutely. I still have it. We're going to use it when you come and help me make over. So I saw that I qualified for this trip to San Francisco. And the first thing that came to my mind, because I had been out of the workforce and having babies and not like talking to real people was what in the heck am I going to wear? I'm going to be with all these stylish people. And I really almost didn't go because I was worried about my appearance. And the whole time I was there, I was taking notes about what other people were wearing. And why didn't I remember this woman had these jeans and this like glitter t-shirt and this jacket. And I thought, why didn't I wear that? So instead of being able to engage in in all the conversations and being at this leadership event, I was so worried about what what I was wearing. But the one person that I got, didn't feel that I needed to worry about my clothes was Grace sitting over in a booth. And and we sat, I sat down and we started chatting. Like I was just attracted to this, this beautiful shining light sitting. And I just plopped down. I wasn't shy. And I was like, tell me what, what, tell me all about you. So let's go back to that day. Tell us where you were, why you, this was, I think, 2011, would that have been like eight? It was 2011 when we were to get 2011, 10 years ago. Okay. And at that, oh, go ahead. Where were you? Why were you sitting in a booth in San Francisco? And how did you go to being uh, like styling some of the top, top entrepreneurs and owning two businesses and all the things and being an undercover boss? 
Oh my gosh. What it's like, I, I just like think back to that time and I get so happy because I remember being, I was on the upswing. I, I had started Stella and Dot in 2009. I was working in Washington, DC. I was working in politics and I was that girl who had, you know, the great clothes, the great job was making good money, but had lots of debt, lots of, you know, no savings account and lived in a very expensive city. And so I heard about this opportunity and I, and at the time, I mean, now there's so many companies like, you know, you could sell, but, and there were those then, but it just wasn't like, you wouldn't go on Facebook and have, you know, lots of people selling different things. Like none of that existed and was told, you know, here's this company and they're selling this jewelry. And I thought that is so tacky. I would never do something like that, <laughs> but it was, you know, and, and then it was under my skin and I was going to the website and the website was a shell of what we have, what it, what it is now. And, you know, and I was just kind of like, I think this might be cute, but I'm sure it's a scam. It's one of those scams. And I ended up, you know, reaching out. I got connected with a woman who lived, you know, about an hour from me. And I remember her, I was like, so can you actually make money doing this? And I remember her saying my upline made $9,000 last month. And that didn't even include her sales. And I was like, what? And, um, so I started and it was, I mean, it was the first time I was doing work that I absolutely loved. And I couldn't believe that like on a sat Sunday afternoon, I could go do a trunk show and then be out and about running errands. And I'm like, I just made $330. You know, I just couldn't, um, I, I never had something like that. So I um, ended up leaving politics and I went full-time in September, 2010. And it was also, I'd moved to Iowa because I moved here for a campaign. It was ludicrous. I didn't know anybody, but I just knew, I was like, I think this company's going to be big and I might as well be the person to build out Iowa. And, you know, thank goodness it took off. And I have, I've been with that company now for 12 years and it was just an incredible thing of, I'd never seen myself, I never saw myself as a leader. I never saw myself as someone who could be in business and I loved it. I, I, and I think most of all, I loved coaching and helping other women find confidence. And, you know, and that's just something I've carried with me and it's the, the through line and everything. Well, and it's what, what do you think? So I think back to my start and, and most of the time, what I think what holds people back is they are, they've got a safety net. It's not, it's, it's like, I've got this going on. I don't really know if this will work. So they, they don't ever take a bold move. Like that was you, you did everything you were supposed to do. You went to the right college, you got the right job. You were not a person that I would have tried to reach out to because here you've got a job that you were in the top, top, top zero, zero, zero point one percent of all women coming out of colleges working in politics. And also and I had a big know, job. I was feminist. not, yes, I was not like, like, you know, just a little, I mean, not that anybody's a little anything, but it was just, no, I had a really good job at a great organization. I mean, I, I was it, doing well. It wasn't like, oh, I'm a mom and I want to make some extra money. You had, you were on track. I mean, to mm -hmm. run big campaigns and do big yeah. things, you still are doing big things. Yeah. So what was it, like divine intervention? Like, what was it? Did you lose your mind for a minute and say, what if? You know what? It was, I still remember, I, I think I'd been doing Stella and Dot for like a month or two months. 
And there was a woman who she worked as a consultant in our office and she lived in Colorado. And I remember she had asked me about my necklace. It was like classic direct sales conversation. She asked me about my necklace. I said, I sold it. And then she was like, okay, I, I I'm shopping. And like, like, I gave her a lookbook and she came back from lunch and was like, oh, I have a whole list. And I remember we went to this like back room, like we were hiding and I'm sitting there showing her and she's like, <laughs> putting together this huge order, which I couldn't believe. And she just said to me, I remember she said, Grace, your energy, your body language, everything like you need to be doing this. And of course I'm sitting there going to the scarcity of, well, I mean, how could I support myself and how could I, you know, what would people think if I said, this is what I did for a living? Like, of course, that's what I, you know, I sell jewelry and uh, I just think that the universe conspires that it, it was one of those things that it was still under my skin. I didn't even, when I went full-time, I hadn't even been doing it, but I had kind of grown this little team and it just suddenly I was like, well, I couldn't afford to live in DC starting out with a new business, but I could afford to live in Iowa. It just kind of worked out. And I also just had this belief. Like I knew I would saw these other people were having success and I knew there's no reason I can't do this too. Like, I know I can do this. And I think that is the crucial thing is just that unwavering belief with the combination of being, being willing to work hard. I was willing to ask anybody to do a trunk show because I genuinely thought this is the best deal ever. Like, this is the best jewelry. You get it for free. Like, I genuinely believe that I was offering people, like, I was like, I'm not asking anybody for money. I'm giving things away. It's right. It's that it's, the unwavering belief that what you have, they need. And it's not about the the script or the perfect post on social media or the perfect trunk show setup. And so I did a podcast with Grace's partner that moving to Iowa, not only did she like start her career as a stylist, she fell in love and our connection led us to one of our leaders on our team, John Hedgecoff. And so we're going to link his podcast. So you can kind of connect the dots because if you're anything like me, you start following people on social media. You're like, wait, how is that connected? Wait, I think I, I heard that dude on a podcast. So we're going to um, link that. And one of the things that Grace said to me, it's like you, when you're thinking about the RAS that we talked about, your reticular activating system, we talked about it last week, Grace was seeing all the good things in the business, all the possibility and her brain was just cataloging this and that carried with her in her vibration and her energy. And when we start looking for things like all the things that could go wrong is when we talk ourselves right out of doing the thing that we should be doing. And I'll, I'll never forget one of the, I write down, I have a little journal. I don't know if you know this. And when I need belief, cause seven years into a business, I, I sometimes there are days when I'm like, okay get, get my, get my journal out of belief. And you had said to me, thank you. You gave me back the John that I fell in love with because he started to take his health seriously and everything changed for him. So all of the dots that God puts out the universe, whatever your belief is, they start connecting. And so I always say, well, my reconnection with grace. And now we're going to go into a really cool thing of how visibility and pitching herself, allowed her to really step into people knowing who is Grace Van Cleve. And then 
she made a little pivot in her business, which is really cool. But the cool thing was I'm trying to impress my kids. So if you go and we'll link it, we'll link the, the clip below. And I'm in a hotel. I don't know. We're in like a crappy hotel. I think we are dropping Mackenzie off at camp in upstate New York. And so we were clicking through sitting on the nasty bedspread. And I was like, oh my gosh, undercover boss. That's my friend, Grace. And they were like, you do not know anybody on undercover boss. I'm like, you want to bet? Watch me. So I took a picture with my phone and I sent it to Grace and Messenger. So after many years, we reconnected. So how in the world did you go from Iowa, started to build a business, and then it became a multiple six-figure business, lots of a big team, a new relationship, and now you are on freaking Undercover Boss? Like, does, does, was it just like, here's the yellow brick road, Grace, let's follow it? <laughs> no, in some ways, kind of. Now, it was not, of course, I, I remember I would hear these stories. Like, I'm sitting there listening to this. I'm like, dang, I sound good. And I would think, like, <laughs> they never had any problems. And it's like, look, I was started in a brand new market with a new company and nobody, and I knew no one. I didn't have a list of people I went to high school with. I didn't have kids. I didn't have, I didn't. So, whenever anybody would say to me, oh, well, I don't know enough people. I'm like, trust me, I knew zero <laughs> and I built a big business. Like you can do this, but I digress. I think I will say it just goes to show we never know where we're like, how big our opportunity is. Like I, when I signed up, never thought like, well, I'm definitely going to be on a network reality TV show doing this. Like, no, it <laughs> never even crossed my mind. But here is the funny thing about, because you know, I would say, it was about my birthday is July 13th. It was right before, like the day before two days, no, a couple of days before shark tank happened to be doing a audition here in Des Moines. And I didn't really watch shark tank at the time, but I remember John said to me, he was like, I think you need to go audition. Cause I just feel like they would cast you. And I was like, but I don't have a business. Like, you know, we like played around with some things, but I'm like, I don't have anything to pitch. And he was like, mm, okay. Literally two days later, later, I get an email from the head of marketing at Stella Dot, and it's a blind email. And it says, you know, we are considering doing a, we're, we're in the process of thinking about doing a reality show about Stella and Dot. If some producers are going to be doing research at Hoopla, our, our national conference, if you want to meet with them, pick a time. Well, I'm immediately like, oh my gosh. And I think this is a reality, like, like I could be on reality TV. I mean, I thought it was going to be real housewives of Stella and I, like, that's what I thought it was. And I, you know, I like, didn't look at it as just like, oh, whatever. I like looked at it as like, this is the opportunity of my life. And I start Googling, like, how do you pick what time, when, what, in what order should you be on the like audition line for reality TV? And, you know, I, so I'm like looking at other people signing up slots. I'm like, Ooh, I don't want to be behind her because she's like a military mom and has some, like, she's, she's a good story, you know, but anyway, I mean, I'm telling you the universe, I pick a slot. I have no idea that it is during the CEO's keynote. So nobody's around. I show up they had nobody behind me. So I got to talk as much as I wanted. The girl, I was supposed to be with another producer that I probably wouldn't have connected with, but the girl who was, who didn't show up. And so I was there early. So the, this other producer and I connected, and then he was like, why don't you come meet with me? I mean, there were so many things that just fell into place about it. 
And I also just kind of believed, I was like, I'm going to do this. Like, I'm going to get whatever this is. That was the other thing. And, that, and I just kind of acted like I was, that's how it was. Like I, I acted like I already had it before I started. Well, I've watched you do that quite a few times <laughs> since we've connected and we both have a big entrepreneurial, like blood in us that we'll talk about and throw around ideas and say, well, what about this? And what about that? And so we're going to fast forward. You've been an undercover boss. You've got this massively growing team. And then there was a, a, a shift in how commissions were made in terms of, of your company. And that pushed you like, are we, can we talk about that? Oh, sure. Yeah. No, because I, this is something that I think, you know, we, we, we hear about. And I want to, I want to preface this by saying Grace had already, already hit all of, was ringing all the bells, right? The top, the senior executive director of the, you know, she got, she had it, she was built, had it all and was probably as, as always divinely guided. It was probably time for you to take a next step, but it kind of pushed you out of the nest. Can you explain what happened and what, what happened from there? Oh yeah, no, it was right. It was literally 2019, like kind of like in the, right before labor day. And there was an email that was, Hey, you know, we're going to get on a call to talk about the comp plan, some comp plan changes, which had always been in my favor, you know, in the, at that time I'd been in the program, I mean, been with the company 10 years. And so I'm like, great, I'm getting a raise and I get on this call and you know, I suddenly start real, like at first I'm like, this is great. You know, they're doing all the good news. And then at the end I start realizing like, oh, I'm taking it. Like here's where we're going to be making some changes in the comp plan. And I like could already start doing the math in my head. I had like two of the top sellers in the whole company were on my first line. Like I, you know, I could see like, this is not good. And, you know, and then when I started really doing the math, I realized I'd be taking a 40% pay cut starting in January, doing the exact same work. And, you know, and, and the thing is, it was one of those comp plan changes that some people got a raise, but really the people like me who had built, you know, most, it didn't affect most people, but the people like me who had built very large teams, spent most of their time coaching in addition to doing some sales. And I just suddenly was like, it felt like a layoff. It was a, like a corporate layoff. Like, what am I? what am I going to do? And, you know, it was Beth who called me. And at this point, I mean, I was just so depressed. I didn't know what to do. I just imagined myself in some cubicle at an insurance company. And you called me and I was like, here's what's going on. And you were like, and I think it was, was it then or the ne no, the next day you were like, all right, here's what we're going to do. Of course you had the plan. And <laughs> I had thought about, I was like, I could be one of those people who, who like has a website and sells things like sells courses. And I didn't, you know, I didn't know how one did that. And I remember you were like, this is what we're going to do. You're going to, we're going to take this course about how to sell, how to make, how to build courses. And I was like, okay. And, you know, and that kind of started this crazy journey of two years. You know, I didn't know what I would, what, what kind of course I didn't know what I was going to do, but it really helped me connect with what is my zone of genius. My zone of genius is not, you know, I think that I think direct selling is my zone of excellence, but I think my zone of genius is style and helping women feel good about themselves. Like, I think those are I think that is my zone of genius. And so I, I, I'm like getting all teary eyed hearing yeah. you say that. Okay. Explain people are listening and they're like, okay. Cause I, I believe the same thing. My zone of excellence is community is, is 
network marketing. My zone of genius is community building and connecting people. I found mm-hmm. out in my human design, I have this thing that I see other people's path. Like I, I, and sometimes I do it without invitation. I'm working on that. Grace, this is what we're doing. Okay. Bye. And, and I'm getting a text from John. Like, do you realize how expensive that coaching program you and Grace are taking? Yeah, John, bye. <laughs> I love, I love when I get to like, then we, then we end up on a text together. So explain, how do you define a zone of excellence and a zone of genius? Yeah, I think a zone of excellence, and this all comes from the book, The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks, which if you haven't read, like do immediately. I think I read it once a year. The zone of excellence is something, you know, it's something that like, you're probably very good at, you know, what, if you are, but it's not something that you the zone of genius is something that comes so naturally. You don't even like, if somebody asked you, how do you do it? You don't really even know what to say because you're just like, can everybody, you might even take it for granted and think everybody can do it. And, you know, I, you know, so it's kind of learning. Like, I think the first, what's the first zone? There's one that's like your zone of, I don't know what it is, but it's like basically the scale of it starts with like, for me, doing my taxes is something I can learn how to do, but it is awful. Like I, I'm not energized by it. I'm exhausted. And you kind of keep going up the sale. And the problem is zone of excellence. You can be tricked into thinking it's your genius because you're good at it, but it's also the dream killer. Cause you're like, you know what? I'm really good at this. I make good money. I don't, you know, why am I going to rock the boat? And it's the zone of excellence is where where your the good stuff is. How does one make the leap from the comfort? So now you're in the comfort of the zone of excellence. Mm-hmm. Well, again, you got pushed out of the nest because you're like, yep. I, I have a choice. I can go do more sales and that you are at 10 years in Not Thank goodness, 2020, you were not having a lot of trunk shows. I do have to say that grace is the best at remembering, reaching out, connecting, and having new, having people like me who she knows exactly what I want, when I want it, reaches out, handles customer service, top notch. So you've got many people. I'm sure there's about a hundred of me that every time there's a piece, you still catalog that and say, here you go. So you have that income coming, but you're pushed out of the nest and you didn't start So now let's talk about what it is that you do now and how my listeners who are listening, I know that most of them feel like me. And today I've, I've said to Grace, I keep saying to Grace, I'm going to wait until I lose 20 pounds and COVID weight. And I'm just, and she's just like, okay, whatever, let's do this because I have 38 black t-shirts and I've been wearing a black t-shirt cutoffs or my Lululemon running shorts since like for a whole year. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't feel powerful when I do that. And the most powerful I've ever felt was grace, like helped to dress me. And I get more compliments when we did the video, you were helping me pick colors and, and people are like, that wasn't something you'd normally choose. And it was that bright blue dress. And I was alive that day. I actually had like, did my hair. So how do you go from, zone of excellence. And you could have jumped to another company. You had lots of offers. You could have rebuilt your team might've come, would have come, I'm sure. But you were like, nope, I'm going to go over here into this world of building out my own program. I don't know what the heck. And all of a sudden I, I saw you go from 
maybe waiting in it, not quite sure to boldly showing up on Instagram. Like all of a sudden I'm like, who is she? I'm hiring her from the emails boldly. Like, what is that step? How did you go from maybe this is a good idea and maybe a little imposter syndrome to mm -hmm. I am a badass woman who is going to help you gain more confidence with your style. You're going to walk around. I like, I want you guys to close your eyes before Grace goes into this. And I want you to think about the perfect outfit you've ever worn, whether it's your bomber jacket, you're rocking the white jeans, the Valentinos, and you're walking into a room and how you feel, how you stand out, how you communicate with other people, or that time that you run into the old high school boyfriend with your hair on top of your head, wearing like the target workout pants from 1992 and a t-shirt. And you're like, Oh, um, hi, I'm hiding. Like I wanted to, I, my goal is to always, and I know this is like, maybe, maybe you'll see a little side of my shallow end here, but I always think if I ran into X, Y, and Z, how would I want to look that day? Or if I was getting the opportunity to speak on one of the biggest stages and I ran into the, the organizer, is he going to hire me? Because I'm going to boldly say, I have a message for your audience. So tell me, jumped in, like there was a leap. I missed that leap, but it happened, it happened with like, all of a sudden you were at a conference in Florida and all, I'm seeing this, this bold stylist show up giving me fashion tips. I'm like sending them to my sister, to my friends, saving the content. And you have a booked calendar. <laughs> what happened? You know, so I first off want to be like completely transparent because I know what it's like, like I've said repeatedly that you listen to these people and you might be in a place where you're not feeling great. And you're just like, well, everything works out perfectly for this person. No, I first started and I was like, I'm going to make a course about how to, how to style yourself. And guess what? Nobody wanted my course. I tried twice to do the launch, all of this stuff. It was like having the direct sales party and nobody comes, but worse, much more expensive. And so I, nobody wanted it, but I did have people who kept being like, I love you. And won't you just shop for me? And I'm kind of like, no, buy my course that nobody wants. And I also just didn't really know I think I just had so much fear and so much imposter syndrome that I didn't also have like a, you know, I didn't really know what my, what I was offering. And now I actually, you know, cause I had invested in coaches and you know, other folks, I had some, a coach say to me and was like, what is it that you do like to do? And I'm just like, I don't know. I'm like, well, I do, you know, I got my rent the runway and I love playing with like my clothes. And she's like, why don't you just do that for a living? I'm like, that's it. Like, don't I have to have like a bunch of degrees? And it's like, no, you don't just start. And I got, I had my first client within days. And, you know, and that's the thing is that I wasn't, I just was like, and, and to me, I was like, you mean people will pay me to shop for them? Like I would do that for free. And um, yeah, so I just started and it, and it just kept, I, I had to, it took a couple months till I finally was like, I have to put myself out there. I have to say, this is who I am. And, you know, stop thinking about that person I went to high school with that I think like, oh, she's not going to take me seriously. Like she's just not thinking of me at all. And, uh, you know, I didn't sit there and go like, I actually have like one client. No, it's just beginning to just acting as if and believing that the rest will follow. 
So I, I hear like, so I hear my listeners, what I hear what their thoughts are as, as you're saying that. And I, one of them is I, you know, I don't really make that much money. I'm a, I don't go very many places. So I probably don't need, like, I'm not speaking on a stage or going to a conference. And so I think about the deserve level of women saying, I don't really deserve to have that. I'm fine. Clothes aren't that important. So it is important. Mm-hmm. I know that, you know that. So what do you say to someone who thinks right now she doesn't have the money and why well, she's, she wears scrubs to work and she comes home and she watches Netflix? Oh yeah. And I remember, especially when I started full-time with Stella and Dot, cause I was suddenly working from home and I'd never had that before. My office stuff was all these black and Taylor dresses. And all of a sudden it was like, well, I can just wear my pajamas all day. Gosh, like I, it doesn't matter. And I also, frankly, most of the money I was making, I was reinvesting in my business or paying for bills that it wasn't, I didn't, it wasn't as much of a priority. So I understand that mindset, but it doesn't mean that you have to buy expensive clothes. Like I think it's just buy the best quality you can afford. And if you normally buy Walmart, maybe that's going to target. If it's, you normally wear target, maybe you start buying some things at loft. Um, You know, if you, you know, that it's just kind of moving up to like, what is the best quality I can afford? And the reason why it is important is that one, I believe that you will feel better. You will, you know, if you're sitting there working at a Starbucks and you're in your, you know, sweats, do you really think you're going to go approach that person about, you know, trying your product? But when you look incredible, when you, when you're wearing something that makes you feel good, you have a different attitude. And I think that you look more professional and show up differently in the world. Like the story I always tell is I remember years ago, this was pre-COVID, I was at a morning women's networking coffee, which I'm sure many, many people listening to this know exactly what that is. And when I'm there for Stella and Dot networking, and most people are in like business casual attire. And there was this one woman I met and she was wearing cutoff jean shorts. And she told me she was a life coach. And for all I know, she could have been the best life coach of my dreams. But what I saw was somebody, and it could be also that she didn't know what you're supposed to wear to something like that. Or maybe she had a rough morning. I have no idea. But what I saw was somebody who was not taking care of themselves and wasn't taking themselves seriously. So how could I take my, how could I trust that she would coach me when she needed to coach herself? And, you know, I think that this can happen, especially in direct sales and network marketing that people have had, you know, They've had interactions with other people who aren't professional, who are, who weren't working it as a professional operation. So when you're showing up and you're professional and you're saying thank you and you're following up and you're doing all the things that anybody else would do that's a professional, people are blown away. Absolutely. And I were like, I'm thinking about this year at conference, we had our in-person conference and one of my friends was getting the millionaire award and she spoke in one outfit and her name's Janetta Joseph. So you can go look at, she just did choose the dress and she changed into the most beautiful ball gown. And she was, she, and, and everybody else was like, oh, you're putting that on. She said, this is a big deal. My mom is here. I am the first self-made millionaire and I am wearing the, I am a princess. And I was like, I got chills. And I thought that is That is, and she is so successful in her business because that is how she's showing up. Even when she's like, we're health and wellness, when she's in her fitness clothes, she's not wearing any like Walmart sports bra. She's looking, she's looking on point. So 
let me ask you this. If somebody's sitting here today and they're like, okay, I am one of the people that I'll just buy. Like I, I'll start to notice, oh, I, I'm filling time with sifting through the bargain rack. So I want to talk about one more thing is those of us who think, well, it was only $4.99. So I'm going to have that in my closet. And we end up with all this stuff and none, and, and I have nothing to wear. So if we were to take some action steps, somebody's like, I, I'm, I'm going to look into investing in this. We're going to talk about how to work with you at the end. But if today, like I, you know what I'm doing today, I'm, I am, decluttering I'm getting rid of. And I did read so many articles about how the fast fashion is like the lead in the clothing from what's that one place that the kids shop SDIN or something, they have all the knockoffs and, and the amount of the amount of landfill that I have because of my shopping habits, it blows my mind. So First step, somebody is like, I got a bunch of crap. I don't look good in anything. I mean, I'm thinking like right now, I want a date night outfit. I want a networking outfit. I want to go to the lake and look cute. And I have like 14 like caftans that I don't look cute. I look like somebody somebody gave me my house dress. So where do I start? Give us our first steps if we're going to DIY it today. Okay, well, I know that this is a crew that likes visioning. So I one would like you to like really get to a place and like, think about what is it that I want to look like? And that may not come naturally to you. So what I suggest is hop in on good old Pinterest and just start clicking. Like, don't, don't like do crazy searches. It could be anything. It could be a font you like, it could be, but just really start looking at clothes and scenes or whatever, and just put them on a board. Like, don't overthink it. If you, if it, if you're attracted to it, put it on the board. Then I want you to like, look at it and kind of go, are there patterns here that I'm seeing? I seem to really like stripes. I seem to really like clean lines. I seem to, or maybe I really seem to like frilly, roughly things, or I'm, I'm really attracted to what Kerry Washington wears. I mean, really start to like notice those things. So then when you go shopping or you, whether it's online or in person, then when you're attracted to that, you know, 1999 bargain and you think like, oh, it's like, wait a minute. I realize I really like minimalist structured clothes. And this is like a caftan with ruffles. Like, I'm not going to wear this. I'm not going to like it. So don't buy it. You know, so it's like one, it's like learning what you like. Then, you know, when you are shopping and trying things on, really think about when you put it on one, like, does it make you smile? Like, like if you put it on and you're still like, like that's not a good sign of something you want to buy. Like, does it make you smile? Does it, is it comfortable you? And so if what I mean by comfortable is it could be a sweater that looks fabulous on you and all the things, but it itches. Like it just, you're already itching in it. Do not buy that because you will never wear it that because you'll always think every time I put it on, it itches or the, the shoes that look beautiful, but you can't even walk three steps in the store. Like leave those there. That is destined for goodwill. And can I wear this more than one place? This is where I think people get tripped up because I've been guilty of this, that I'll put on something. I'll be like, this would be perfect for when I'm walking on the beach at, at sunset and, you know, and the wind is in my hair. Well, I'm never walking on the beach at sunset with the wind in my hair. So no, I don't need to buy that. You know, you only need one pair of painter pants. You do not need 17 pairs. It's like, well, when I paint a room, 
I can keep this. No. You know, so it's like really thinking about like just distilling those things of like, if you answer yes to those three things, boom, you've got an, that is something to keep. If you're kind of like wishy-washy, just leave it. Like that is it. I don't care what a deal it is. It is not a deal if it just sits in your closet, if it doesn't fit, if it's, you know, anything that like, that is just now you're like making it harder for like you to get your bags to the Goodwill because they're so full. Well, and I think that when we feel that our space, Grace and I have like the best thing she ever told me to do was to get a professional organizer in my house when I moved in. And when we feel like ease and calm and that super, we both, this Tracy lit has the superpower of calm as one of the first things. And if I don't right now, I'm walking into my closet and immediately my nervous system is like, Oh, and there's guilt and shame. And why am I keeping those white Joe's jeans? Because I bought them and they were supposed to be fabulous and I'm never wearing them. It doesn't matter what, what, and it's also shaming myself to say, well, one day, honey, you'll be good enough to put on those clothes. So one last thing, cause this, a lot, a lot of people go in transition of, of, you know, postmenopausal weight gain, weight loss. What do you say to that person who's waiting to be back to the size eight, 10. Mm-hmm. And so I can't afford to hire you now or to even mm-hmm. invest in myself. What do you say to that person? Oh, this comes up a lot. And first off, I would say you deserve to look amazing at any size. You deserve Amen. To, you deserve to embody your greatness and dress as the amazing person that you are becoming at any size. There is like if when we put off our thing, put off things until we quote deserve it or we've earned it, like that's you know, why why delay that satisfaction? And I think that one, if you have clothes in your closet that don't fit take them out. If they, if it's just a matter of like, look, I've got about, I put on like five, five or 10 pounds at COVID. I I, I am going to get, I am going to get this back on. Great. Still get them out, put them in a Tupperware and put them in your basement. Like, so you're not seeing them. If it is like, you know, you have maternity clothes and your child is in the fourth grade. Those are definitely need to go, but especially the clothes that it's like, well, I have my college skinny jeans. You're no, like the time that like you might, maybe you will get back in them, but even if you did, and I've had this experience, I carried clothes around for 10 years. Then it's like, all right, I can fit in them. And I'm like, and they're out of style. <laughs> like, why did I, why I don't even want to wear this. This is like, I look like I'm wearing clothes that are 10 years old. So I'm telling you, if once you start treating yourself well, I wouldn't be surprised if there, if you do have weight, you want to come off if it does come off and wouldn't, are you really going to be like, I'm so mad. I have these clothes. I can't wear. No, you're going to be excited and want to get new clothes. I had someone tell me this once I was holding on to like my first pair of seven, remember seven for all mankind. And oh, yes. I was holding on to them and she's like, well, take a picture and write a little journal entry about the story behind the pants. Just write the story behind that very first like thing. And my mom did something really cool. I don't know if I've ever told you this, but she made a, she kept like one piece, like our school picture piece and in a box, she doesn't save a lot of things. And then we graduated from high school, like all of our camp t-shirts, we had this quilt. And then I could sit and tell the story of like, it had orange polyester pants and, oh, remember this t-shirt. And so why wouldn't we just do that in pictures? Like make yourself a canvas screensaver and tell those stories of 
like I saved every theater t-shirt of Mackenzie's and she's like, okay, so we don't need to have every theater t-shirt. She's the opposite of me. She wants like two things. And then she did the rent the runway because of you. So anyway, all right, we need to wrap this up. We could talk forever. I know that everyone listening is like, okay, I need to get on this. So where can people find your content? How can they get on your email list to get your updates? And how can they get into your space? Because I know that my, in order to go to the next level, to be in my zone of genius, to do those things that I am destined to do, I cannot do it in my live what you love old Navy t-shirt. Like, so I am, I'm like ready and I want you to stay on me. This is your permission. January is our day. I, we're going to do it in person. I, we're going to do a whole show for you guys of grace in my closet. Um, <laughs> we're going to be in the closet together, but I want it. And then that's a great time to come down. John can go fishing and we can hang out in my closet and then have some fun. So we're going to, I'm saying it now commitment. January. I'm going to give you my deposit today. Okay. Today. And I want to have you tell people how they can find you and work with you. Sure. So I would go to my website, which is www.amazinggracestyling.com. And I would suggest, first off, I have a, have a giveaway for you. You can get my guide. It's seven ways to build a worthy wardrobe from home. So you get all my tips on how I shop for my clients. Like, you know, that you don't have to go to a store, that you, how you can successfully shop online and find things you love. So get on my email list. And then you can also find, you know, there's all the information on how to book a discovery call with me. You can also find me on Instagram. It's at Grace Van Cleave, that's C-L-E-A-V-E. And I've always got content there too. So I hope that we can connect soon. I love it. I love it. Okay. One last thing. What is the most luxurious thing that you have in your home that you like, it it just makes you feel, it makes you feel like I, I am putting this on, I'm sitting on this. What is it? The most luxurious thing you own. It doesn't matter how much it costs. Ooh, that's a good, that's a really good thing. Let me think. I have a couple things that I love. I have some really nice Eberge pajamas that, you know, I just, I buy real, I like really nice pajamas because I love pajamas. I have some shoes that are very expensive. I have some Gucci boots that I bought maybe 15 years ago that still are fantastic. And I have, let me think, I have also... I have a Chanel jacket that was given to me as a hand-me-down that is also like never going anywhere. Those are things that I really, and I like good denim. I like to get good jeans. I like citizens of humanity, but it's just, they're, they're, I can't wait to shop for good jeans with you. I can't wait. Yes. Because so yes. I have a long sure. torso, the, you know, mom jeans don't work. Cause my, I look, you know, it's not a good look for me. And I remember staying in such low jeans for so long that I couldn't bend over. Now that's not even good either. Right. Um, right. I remember those low rise jeans we all wore. Oh, all right, Grace, thank, thank you for being with us today. And I can't wait for, uh, maybe we'll do an extra little training over in camp elevate for our community to sure. do. Uh, Oh, I've got an idea. It's almost like we're going to do a little makeover right there on the scene with someone. So we'll do a giveaway for that. I'll come up with it. It'll happen. Thanks you guys for being with us today. Tag Grace at Grace Van Cleave. Tag me at Beth 
Holden Graves, and we will get you included in whatever I am going to talk Grace into. I'm that friend that talks her into things that she's like, how did I get myself wrapped up with this chick? It'll be fun. Don't worry, Grace. You wouldn't believe (laughs) how much money Beth has talked me into spending. It's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) All right, you guys, see you next week. Thank you so much for hanging with me today on the podcast. And remember, you can create what you crave. If you're looking for a supportive sisterhood, I would love to see you over in our free Facebook group. As most of you know, I love camp. It's part of you're not the boss of me because when we're building this thing, we're doing this thing, we need a supportive sisterhood. And I also crave more fun and more connection. Join us at camp over in the Facebook world thecampelevategroup.com or just click on the link below and we will see you around our campfire and help you to create what you crave.